Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. Perfect. So we're recording, we're rolling, we're live. Um, okay. So welcome to Life and Shit, Laura. Thank you for having me. I've really been awaiting this. I've been, <laughs> <laughs> since you started it, I've wanted to come on here. So Yay. I'm so happy we're doing this. Me too. Um, so glad to have you here. Laura is a holistic nutritionist. Um, and also a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world. And we are coming together, joining forces today to talk to y'all about emotional eating because we, this is where our zone of geniuses overlap. She's obviously a nutrition whiz and I am very much focused on the mindset piece, but they really do go hand in hand, especially on this topic. So we wanted to come together to just kind of um, kind of, what did I call it? Brain dump everything we know on the topic, brainstorm ideas and tips and tricks that we have, um, realized in both of our experiences. We've both struggled with emotional eating. I battled disordered eating, binge eating disorder for many years. And really it all comes back to those damn emotions. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like it's totally like the food is just like I mean it's not a helpful tool but it's like a tool that you know I know I use and you use to just be able to feel better and feel good and like find relief in something but um you know at, like as anybody who's listening to this if they struggle with disordered eating in any way um it's like you know you can it, it can work for a bit but eventually like you're still left with your feelings and so it's like the, it's so not a food thing it's like the food is just like what we choose to use to like be able to feel better yeah exactly I mean it's the same as any other ineffective coping mechanism whether that be alcohol or drugs or shopping or you know any kind of vice that we might choose um food is kind of an easy one to fall into that pattern of because it's something that is always available to us and it's easily accessible and more affordable than some of the other ways of comforting ourselves with with substances or whatever it might be but at the same time that's exactly what makes it pretty hard to move away from that pattern of disordered eating once it develops because we also need it and it's not like we can just go cold turkey and cut it out and go to Mm -hmm. rehab for for food so it becomes pretty complicated and I know myself personally I had a lot of moments where I felt completely out of control helpless like possessed by this got this food demon who was forcing me to eat and I would realized later that that was just because I was so out of touch with myself and my emotions and I was just doing what I needed to do to kind of feel okay in those moments and unfortunately that's not an effective way of coping because it really doesn't actually make you feel better it makes you feel worse like many Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I really relate to that. Like, I can't tell you the amount of time. It's like, you know, eating until, like, far, far past, like, you know, um, an uncomfortable level. And it's like, I felt like I'm not going to do this anymore or, like, that. I'm sure you can relate to, like, that idea in your mind. It's like once you kind of start going, it's like, well, I may as well just, like, go all out today and keep keep eating like everything in sight because I'll just I'll just start fresh tomorrow but then it's like then you know whether it's days or another week or so like I thought I would find myself doing it again and um it definitely is like you know it's a vicious cycle but um it's yeah it's amazing that like especially online now like there's so many tools available and so I just feel like with both of our, you know, we've both personally gone through it, and, like, we have such, we were just talking before the call, like, we have such similar journeys, like, we've known each other for so long, but, like, aside from that, like, we've just had so many similar experiences, and this is one of them, so it's, like, yeah, we've got a wealth of knowledge to share on it. Yeah, not only similar experiences, but similar patterns, like, similar things, struggles that we've been through and then come out the other side of. Um, And they don't always look the same. But yeah, I relate to exactly what you're saying. There were moments when I was dealing with binge eating where I like literally thought to myself, like if my house was burning down right now, I don't think I could get outside because I ate so much and I had no idea why I was doing it. And I realized that it was it had turned into literally an addiction when I recognized that like actual feeling of being out of control and being like, I know that I need to stop doing this but I don't know how and I think I need help. And I went on Google and I tried to figure out what was going on with me and I'm like, oh, this is Mm -hmm. a thing and other Mm -hmm. people are going through this too. But that didn't mean that Mm -hmm. I like found an article that gave me the information I needed to stop doing it. It was a very long road to actually rehabilitating my entire relationship to food and to myself, really. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I, I remember those moments too. Like it's just like, just feeling so out of control with it and there's like just like you know when we have those coping mechanisms that we know aren't good for us like there's so much shame and guilt attached and so we don't want to well I can speak for myself and I'm sure like other people relate like I didn't want to talk about it and I didn't want people to know and like it, it it's always been like my dirty little secret like that's how I felt about it and I guess, but that's kind of, you know, it goes back to, like, what we were talking, like, what we were just saying in the beginning, that, like, it's so much more than the food. Like, this really stems to, like, for me, it's, like, I felt that way a whole, most of my life. Like, don't get me wrong, I had such a loving, I have such a loving family. I was, you know, really well taken care of when I was younger, but I always I was just, like, from when I can remember when I was younger, like, you know, I just kind of felt uncomfortable in myself. And so I wanted something to, like, give me that relief. And that's what food was when I felt like, I just felt like I couldn't control my emotions. And um, it felt like they felt really out of my control. And I wanted to feel in control of something. So I was like, you know what? Something I can control is how skinny I look. So that's when it like really started for me was like in high school, like the, the disordered eating started. And like, I started doing like this really like 
restrictive eating. And then it was like, then I'd go the opposite end of the spectrum. And like, and then I started binge eating. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know about for everybody, but that's certainly how it kind of came to be for me too. I didn't just start binge eating one day. I started binge eating because I had put myself in such an extreme deprivation for so long that once you snap on something that is like not sustainable like that it's a boomerang kind or not a boomerang it's like a slingshot or something I don't know what I'm trying to say but you know what I mean like it it's when you do too much on one side you're bound to rebound to the other side so I would I would deprive myself I would restrict myself very heavily for you know like as long as I could and then one day I would snap and then it would be that all or nothing thinking that you were talking about where it's like well and I, I see this all the time in my clients. It's like, well, I already fucked up today, so I'm going to fuck up really bad today, and then I'll start fresh tomorrow. And that's so common, yeah. but also mm-hmm. the worst thing that we can do because it's so much harder to start again tomorrow when you put yourself in that situation because not only are you going to feel like shit, but your mindset is going to be like you're, like you said, we bring ourselves down into that deep level of shame and guilt, which are two of the lowest vibration emotions that we can feel. And we're not able to learn from our experience when we're in those emotions. And we don't even want to learn because we just feel so bad. We're just stuck Mm -hmm. in this low vibration energy and it's the worst and nothing productive comes from that. So if we can Mm -hmm. acknowledge when we slip up and have grace around that and be more compassionate towards ourselves and know that, you know, sacrificing or sabotaging the entire day is more likely to mean we're going to sabotage ourselves tomorrow and in the future and just meeting ourselves where we're at and getting back on track sooner than later. It's all about how quickly Mm -hmm. we can pick ourselves up. I think maybe one important note that we should talk about is what we consider the difference between emotional eating and like, when does that border into disordered eating? Or is that always, mm-hmm. are, they, are they always the same thing or are they different? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, so binge eating disorder, like I, I think like, so binge eating would be like going through episodes of like a binge is like, you know, you're eating a large volume of food and it's past the point, uh, like far past the point of comfort. And it's usually in secret. Right. And it's usually like, you know, there's a lot of like, I think attached to that, there's those, what's, what's already been touched upon a bit about like that all or nothing mentality. Definitely like, the good and bad labels are involved mm-hmm. and like this food is good this food is bad and so then it's usually like I'm gonna eat all the so-called bad food when I'm doing this binge and it's definitely something that's like it's a coping mechanism totally. and it's it's a way for us to have emotional regulation as like you know now it's like there can be different coping mechanisms and like we'll get into that about like you know how to manage our stress and our well-being but it's like it's used as a coping mechanism and like people are usually using it as like a sense of like control yeah and even though it's like you know it has negative side effects and I would say more emotional eating I would take that as more of and I'm not saying like this is like 
what I relate to it as. I'm not saying it's like the truth or anything or like this is a cold, hard definition. But to me, emotional eating is more of like, you know, it's light. And it's like, oh, yeah, like I got stressed out. I ate some cookies. But it's like not something that's having such an imperative, negative impact on somebody's life. And it's like, oh, yeah, from time to time, like I'm getting stressed out. And like, it's maybe they could see it. Like, it's like, maybe it's like something that's like, you know, maybe if it happened a lot, then it could morph into disordered binge eating. Yeah. But it's more something like it hasn't taken on a life of its own where it's like there's that shame and guilt around it and it's not like having those big negative side effects. Yeah, I agree. I think that you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like to me, in my opinion, emotional eating is just eating when you're not actually hungry. You're you're reaching for food Mm -hmm. to cope with you know, different emotions, whether it's boredom or anxiety, stress, loneliness, whatever that might be. And I think that left, you know, unaddressed, it can certainly grow into more severe disordered eating. And I think it becomes like binge eating disorder. Like you said, when you start to hide your behaviors, when you have like shame or guilt around those behaviors that are you know, impacting your life or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's starting to like feel very all consuming or you're feeling out that out of control feeling. I think that's when it, it becomes, um, more of a disordered eating, um, pattern than just like emotional eating. And like the emotional, mm-hmm. the, the binge eating is really, like you said, based in like, it's almost like we're taking everything that we've internalized about, you know, what's good and bad and right and wrong about eating. And we're like rebelling against it. You're like taking all of your limiting beliefs against food and fighting back. Although it, mm-hmm. we're really just like hurting ourselves and fighting ourselves, but it's, it's like mm-hmm. an act of rebellion or, you know, we're, we're like acting out, but we're, yeah. the consequences only affect our own wellness and our own health and our own mm-hmm. mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's, yeah, perfectly sad. Like, it just, like, it, it's, like, we don't, like, <clears throat> we're using it as something to feel better, but then it's, like, yeah, it's, just, like, it's such a punishment to ourselves because it's, like, that act of, like, you know, like, and this is to go into, I guess, what Riley's running right now, your self-love program that I just recently, I joined a little late, but it's been so great being a part of it, and um, I really thought about, like, I say I had, like, some really big shifts with my eating last year. Um, and that's not to say, like, you know, I've had, like, still things crop up with, um, like, the eating and, like, using it as a coping mechanism in certain ways. But I just kind of had this realization last year. And I think I might have had a dream about it, actually. And that's, like, why it really, like, it really shook me because I thought about, like, you know, when I was doing the eating in a way as, like, a coping mechanism, it just reminded me, I'm, like, I would think of, like, my younger self and, like, her being upset and, like, someone, like, taking, like, a cupcake and just shoving it in her mouth and just, like, no, no, don't go there, don't talk about it. Mm. I'm, like, that's what I'm doing to myself. I'm saying, like, my feelings aren't important and I'm just, like, you know, it's, like, I don't want to feel it. And so it's like, I got to escape that. I've got to escape the moment. And so that's like where it really started when I was younger. And then it's like, it just lingered. And so what, like for you, 
like how do you feel like like it started like it started out with the the binge eating or I did it start out with binge eating with you or was there like other coping mechanisms you found that like came before you resorted to food? Mm, I would say yeah, definitely cuz my disordered eating habits probably really started to catalyze um well, I ate like shit in high school and I was like a mess in all kinds of different ways. Like I was actually mm-hmm. like eating pretty disordered, but not intentionally. Like I was like chain smoking and taking ADHD medication. So I just like didn't eat really at all in high school. Like I had no appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we would smoke a bunch of weed and like eat like once a day and like eat lots of food. So I guess that actually was pretty fucked up, but it didn't seem that fucked up at the time. Yeah. So that probably was not mm-hmm. a very strong foundation. Um, but then mm-hmm. alcohol came into the picture in a big way before food did as a coping mechanism. Like we were partying mm-hmm. and um, that became my escape. And I guess once I started my fitness journey later after high school, like a couple years later, that's when food, my relationship with food became very toxic and very apparent because I was very uneducated when it came to nutrition. And I actually like was thinking about this last night. I was making a sandwich and all of a sudden I had this moment where I just remembered how scared of mayonnaise I used to be. Like I, I used oh, to, it was a fear food. Yeah. Like because it, it's high in fat. Right. And I had no understanding yeah. of nutrition. So when I was like 18, I just wouldn't eat. I would look at the nutrition label and I wouldn't eat anything that had fat in it. And I would try and keep mm-hmm. my calories super low. Like I would always opt for like yeah. whatever low calorie. I'd look for things that didn't have fat in them. And of course that like took a huge toll on my body and my hormones and all of those things. But that was like yeah. what I thought eating healthy was at that time, which is so crazy to me now, but it was what I thought was like, you know, that was the information that I was having access to for some reason at that time and then I was compulsively exercising so I was like eating no fat very little calories over exercising like crazy and then I would have days where I would just literally snap and I would almost go into a like what's the word I'm looking for like a um a blackout yeah basically like a blackout or like um you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for right now is, but like I would go into the state where I like wasn't even like feeling fully conscious. And at the time I lived with like all those guys, remember in that house, like I lived with my boyfriend and his brother and like tons of guys. So I would like sneak yeah. into the pantry yeah. when I thought nobody was around and I would like eat everybody's food and like I would have all this guilt about it, but I would like go so ham and just like fill myself so full of all the foods that I knew that I wasn't going to allow myself to eat like the next day, the next week, whatever. And then just like go live in a state of shame. Like how sad is that? Mm -hmm. I would be so out of control Mm -hmm. that later in my, like a few years later when that relationship ended and I lived in this like wonderful woman's home, like I would get drunk and high and like eat all of her baking and then like feel so bad about it. (laughs) Like possessed. (laughs) Like it's, it's like a state, it's like truly a state where you're like, hurting people or like think you're hurting it's probably not that serious because it's baking you know what I mean but like it, it's out of alignment with my values and I'm doing it anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah I guess that's what I was like I, I I thought the answer would lead into that direction like this hearing like you know it starts out with you know one coping mechanism that we use that isn't beneficial for our well-being but then it like, you know, throughout the years, it just transforms into other things. So like you had started out with 
what you're talking about in high school, and then it went into alcohol, and then it went back to, um, like, just smoking weed and drinking, and then, like, going on these binges, and just really feeling like, yeah, you're like, this isn't me. Like, this isn't the person or woman I know I'm meant to be. And so it just feels like the contrast may almost makes us more uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, oh like I did this again yeah and we know on like a soul level that it's out of alignment right we usually do whether that's like deep down or it's just under the surface we always have some knowing that we're out of alignment with ourselves and who we truly are Mm -hmm. and who we want to be exactly like you said so it feels really really uncomfortable to be stuck in those patterns and those cycles of behavior yeah yeah, for me, it was, like, it started out with food and, like, restrictive eating and binge eating, and I was in, like, my first long-term relationship, and it was, like, so toxic, and that was, like, you know, also rooted in what led me to the food was that I was really insecure with myself, and um, I used food as a coping mechanism, so extremes on both ends, and then it definitely like you know led to partying and drinking to like cope with how I was feeling and like you know not to get too into it but later on down the line it was like drinking and like partying was really my escape and I got really caught up in like you know I just realized I got to a point like five or six years ago and I was just like I realized how much I still didn't like myself and I was like you know what like I can go on and not like myself or I can shoot and like just be miserable and just know like what you're saying like we know on a soul level like who we're meant to be yeah and And if you guys don't believe that it's fucking true like I don't care if you don't believe it if you think it's woo-woo it doesn't have to be on a soul level but on a deep level within you it's there whether you want to ignore it or not, whether you want to deny it, it's fact. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like I had this step fork in the road moment where I was like, you know what? I can continue to do things like partying, uh, the binge eating, restrictive eating. Um, like, And I was like really getting very isolated and like I because I didn't like myself and so it's like I felt like life was just like too much to live honestly because like what kind of you're not really living when you're not feeling your best and so it was like okay I can continue to do what I'm doing and just continue to be miserable and you know that does affect the people around me or I can learn to start loving myself and when I let go of the partying, um, I was really back to square one with my relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really normal. Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. need something. You need something. Like, we need something to yeah. look forward to or you need something, you know, to, to substitute or, like, a reason to go out and all of those things. Yeah. So... It like it and it's been you know it's a work it's a it's a work in progress it's a journey and it's really just day by day like those like what what you were just saying about like you know when we feel we know inside like this is not who I'm meant to be and it can cause feelings of anxiety but it's really like 
I'm trying to not get too spiritual about it. That's okay. Let it out. (laughs) Okay. Like, really connecting with, like, a sense of, like, something, like, a spiritual, you know, whatever your spirituality looks like. Like, people, you know, The Secret's a big example. Like, the book The Secret, like, they talk about universe. Like, just trusting the universe. It's, like, having something, like, greater than myself is what really helps, like, because it's like then I viewed it as like oh it's just like you can view it as like I'm not where I want to be but then it's like okay but then you can just start pivoting towards like who you want to be yeah and it's really like when you it's like when you really want change and you have that willingness and you start like digging a bit and like doing some research like I don't know going online or something or like you just like attract people and like situations in your life and like you'll start getting the help. So I forget where I was going with that. But I was trying to bring it back to something but I don't remember. Story of my life. No, but you're right. <laughs> and I mean it really comes down at some point to the law of attraction. Um, which I mean there's three laws of attraction, but the most well known one is like attracts like. But the other cool law of attraction that I reference often is that nature abhors a vacuum, which means you have to create space for new things to come in. Um, So when you're ready, and that looks different for everybody, when you're ready to make a change, you know, and you start making little shifts, even if it's a baby step in a new direction, you're letting go of a habit, 1%, you're creating 1% space for something new to come into your life. So I think that's Mm -hmm. a really important point because... um, if that comes from, you know, believing in something bigger than you, believing in your journey, believing in your path, or whatever your reasoning is, um, just knowing that there's more for you. I mean, that's the point mm-hmm. of everything, I, everything I'm now teaching and all the programs I create and pretty much every conversation I have is like circulating around helping people believe that there's more available to them and that they deserve to feel their absolute best. So, I mean, that's the whole point of this conversation is understanding that emotional eating is so much deeper than we might think it is and you know it's just it ties into really like you said we had so much toxic shit in our lives at that time and around like high school after high school our relationships were toxic like all of our patterns were toxic and it really comes down to like a lack of self-worth I think for me at least and we just didn't know ourselves we didn't know what we wanted for ourselves and everybody figures that Mm -hmm. out at different times but if there are patterns in your in your wellness, in your health, or anywhere in your life that feel out of alignment, trust that. And, you know, it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to reach out to people and do your research and figure out, you know, what's going on. And then you realize when you do that, that there's other people going through exactly what you're going through. Yes, yes. It's like, um, yeah, I just noticed, like, when I was finally ready to, like, you know, do different in my life. And, I mean, what were some of, like, because I guess, you know, we're talking about spirituality. What were, like, some books or, like, were there, like, Instagram accounts that you found were really helpful when you started, like, digging into this? Yeah, I thought about this recently. And for me at this, at that period in my life, I wasn't, like, ready for books. And podcasts didn't Mm -hmm. really exist so I was just like looking on Pinterest at like inspirational quotes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was actually, it's funny yeah. that you say that because I was like reviewing my old Facebook statuses earlier today um, and it was like so conflicting because I would share this like 
inspirational Pinterest quote and then I would like make a very degenerate like party animal status that made no sense like later that day so like and I think that really is like so interesting to watch because that's how I know that that part of me existed at that time and I just wasn't listening to to myself and I wasn't ready and that's okay but when you're ready there's like so much available to you I don't remember the first actually there was a book called like I can't remember I'll have to look it up and share it in the notes I think it's called mm-hmm. how to never diet again or something like my the first books that I consumed were like very much about nutrition and about like binge eating yeah. and like they were so focused on that and those ones didn't really help me it wasn't until later like honestly it wasn't until later years later like four or five years later when I started to just learn about like limiting beliefs and like really actually get to know myself and started to look at my toxic relationship patterns and everything that was going on in my life on a deeper level it wasn't the nutrition stuff that changed my habits it was the just the general self-help and personal development and spirituality Mm -hmm. that shifted things for me which took time yeah, it's like, I, I love that, um, what you just shared about the Facebook post, because it is like, yeah, it's like that part of yourself was like starting to emerge, but it's like, you know, you're still at a certain point in your life, and we're not ready for certain things right away. Like, you know, someone can, I know I had so many, um, like people post me, like, share and say certain things that were really helpful because like you know from the outside looking in we can always like we can always see things better in like a friend or somebody that's going through something hard like when you're so emotionally invested in something and you're personally going through it it's hard to like remove that emotion and just like okay here's the clear cut like path i need to take and then like wipe your hands clean and you like start going for it it's like i know it's kind of like that exists like an example that comes to mind is like when somebody's in an unhealthy relationship yeah and everyone around is like like why are you with this guy like like well and I know we've both been in those relationships (laughs) (laughs) and like I had so many people and like that's that's something I didn't really talk about too much but it's been a big part of it is like you know I had a lot of really unhealthy relationships because I really had the belief that um if you know, it was really, like, Disney, like, Disney app, like, magical other, like, I'm going to meet somebody, uh, life's going to make sense, all those insecurities I have about myself are going to disappear. Yeah, because we're then, taught that we're, like, a half of a soul searching desperately yeah. for someone to complete us. I was just, we, we talked about this on our group call last week, actually, and we were like, yeah, of course we're fucked, because we received the most fucked up messaging when we were growing up in the most impressionable years in our life that we are not whole unless we have a romantic love partner. Like that is not true. And that is why the world is a fucked up place because nobody spends that energy getting to know themselves or loving themselves. And then of course that translates out into other areas of our lives beyond romantic love. Exactly like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like surprise. We're all humans. We're all dealing with our own stuff. So there is no magical other. So I really got, you know, I tolerated a lot in relationships that if I had the tools to love myself, like most people wouldn't stick around for something like that. But because I felt a certain way about myself, like, so everyone's like, why are you with this guy? Like, he's like, it's 
it was so bad and it was like no like I love him like I think there's a good in him um you know it's like and I don't know it's like that twisted thinking and so everyone on the outside could see I was in this unhealthy relationship but it took me in my own time to arrive at that point of like you know what like I can't do this anymore like I need I need out I, I can't do this I have to end this and so kind of the same way with our with you know these journeys that we go on with um and like today it's like disordered eating like we have it's like we you can get some knowledge and like you get a glimpse of it and you're like yeah I like that like it's inspiring but then it's like we're like um like what you were sharing on the call today about like you know like kind of our brain synapses and like our thinking like our brains are hardwired and we get used to our habits and so we will unconsciously be going back to them yeah but then once you start like wanting more for yourself or like you have that voice inside of you that's like you're better than this like you know there's more out there for you this isn't you and then it's like eventually it like gets to a point where or it doesn't get to a point sometimes unfortunately but like I think for the most part like you know there's always hope and like no matter how far down the line you are like you can always turn things around yeah really like it is literally it is never too late for things to shift and change it really isn't yeah and I I think that's a really important point too and that's something that I've heard multiple times but Rob Dial shared it um, at the event that we were at recently he said like or on a call or somewhere um, it it starts as a whisper and then it's gonna start you know smack you around and if you continue (laughs) to ignore it it's gonna get louder and louder until one day you're gonna get hit by a truck and it's gonna be so clear and you're gonna wonder why you didn't listen to this sooner right like and that's what I'm saying about like knowing we know each ourselves on a soul level to some degree it exists within us so the sooner you can have the courage to really tune into that and nurture that the sooner your life is going to feel so much better right yes yeah and I think the biggest piece and this is like what I offer people when they want to like learn how to start turning this around is like you have to get to know yourself and you have to get Mm -hmm. to know your emotions like we have to like start from square one I always say I feel like it's such a travesty that we're not taught this in like fucking kindergarten because it's the most important thing as a human the world would be such a better place if we understood this on a deep level but what am I feeling like what is the emotion that I'm feeling what does that feel like in my body? Learning how to identify and label the emotions that you're feeling is huge because from there, then you know what you need. Half the time, we have no idea what we're experiencing emotionally. And so, of course, we're out in the world projecting on people and being reactive and you know, creating conflict where there doesn't need to be conflict because we don't know ourselves and we don't know what we're experiencing and we don't even know what we need from ourselves or from anyone else. So... I always break it down into three steps for people if they want to start to change their behaviors. It's like, get to know your emotions. First, identify the emotion. Second, validate that emotion for yourself because our emotions are valid. They're here to teach us and to guide us. There's nothing wrong with having an emotional experience. So don't beat yourself up for it. And then the third step is like finding healthy, productive coping mechanisms to process that emotion because it's important to process our emotions we have to do it otherwise 
emotions get trapped in the body, suppressed, and that creates emotional and physical problems. So, but we need healthy ways of processing our emotions. We're t- we learn from a young age that we can bypass that process, right? And we're taught that from such a young age, like kids in the grocery store. If you let a toddler yell and scream, he will de-escalate, you know, on his in his own time. That's called self-soothing and we are born innately knowing how to do it animals do it but as humans we have all of these shortcuts it's like i don't have to do that because i can just have a cigarette i can just have a drink i can just smoke a joint i can just eat a snack i can you know if we find all these ways to bypass it but in order to actually take our power back you have to be honest with yourself and you have to let your emotions run their course so there's ways that we can allow that to happen that aren't going to fuck up our lives because that's where we run into problems we we get into the habits of these coping coping mechanisms that have consequences that are actually worse than the emotion that we're trying to avoid and like you said we get hardwired into these behavior patterns they be, we're in autopilot we don't even realize that we're consciously making this decision and it becomes really hard to change. So we have to slow down. We have to create a bit of space for reflection. And we have to know what we're feeling in order to change what we're doing. Wow. It's, I, lo- I love that. That's like so digestible, like the three steps. Like, yeah, get, that's like a huge part. It's like, yeah, really connecting with yourself and the emotions. And like that itself can be, it's, you know, it's a huge feat. Like, because what, what you, we were just talking about, like, yeah, we get hardwired. So it's like really pausing when something comes up instead of reaching for whatever it is, like mm-hmm. food, shopping, um, alcohol, drugs, all those things. Like, I know when I get... And like if I get an anxiety attack or anything, or like when I get anxiety, like I feel it, like I feel my heart rate increase. I feel like, you know, I it's like I can feel it rising in my body, and I have like that innate of like I need something sweet right now. Yeah, I need something sweet because like this blood, like it's like even just looking at like what is the stress response to the body mm-hmm. and what our body goes through and i think i was i i don't i don't remember what exactly it, the number was but it's like the amount of time it takes our body to come back down from like a really stress-induced time yeah or like you know if you get like really anxious for a while one day like it takes a bit for our body to really come back down from that and so it's like that's the impact it has and like you said like it gets stored in the body when we don't deal with it exactly emotions get stored and um one of the first books that really helped me on my journey was love yourself heal your life by louise hayes Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah, it's a, she has a work perk, work perk, a work work perk. Get the work perk. Um, and she has a chapter on like, you know, there's one on relationships, food, sex, your family, and you fill out the workbook and it's really, really helpful. And it was a really good stepping stone for me to like really see how I about life because I was also 
a people pleaser most of my life. And I really had no idea who I was when I like started this part of my life about six years ago. Like somebody could ask me like, what do you like to do? Like, you know, what do you like to do in your spare time? What do you enjoy? What do you like and dislike? I had no idea how to answer any of that. And for like when we have these things that you know, we get constant life too. Like this isn't even just like if you're going through disordered eating, like you know, it's all about grind and hustle these days and we get so caught up in our day by day that we can lose steps of ourselves. So it's like really getting clear on like, you know, who are you? Like what do you like? What drives you? What are your beliefs? And like lots of times like identifying those things and what you were thinking about like getting to know our emotions. Yeah. And like just who we are as a person and what you said, like validating that because and the, yeah, validating it and then seeing like, okay, how is this serving me? Like, is are these beliefs having a positive effect? Like, because our beliefs will drive our decisions and then that's like what we're investing our time, energy, and thoughts into. So it's like, are these, are these things that are helping me or are these like thoughts that are, you know, not so beneficial and like kind of keeping you in a place where you're stuck and not growing. So I think that's such a great place to start. I really like that you brought that up. Yeah, I'm getting to know yourself. And I, I often tell my clients or the people that I'm working with, like, think about it in terms of dating yourself. Like when you're dating mm-hmm. someone, you really spend time getting to know them and understand them and you're interested in them. And we never do that with ourselves. So there's this massive disconnect and it's like, I think you and I can both relate to the concept of like not dating someone because of who they might be in the moment, but like seeing their potential and like holding on to that and like seeing that as like what we're chasing, but we don't do that. Like we don't, we have such a hard time seeing our own potential in that way. So I think if we can like shift that energy back towards ourselves, become less obsessed with dating and finding the right partner and like trying to cultivate them into like who they could be and focus that on ourselves, we would be in such a better place overall. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. getting to know also like, yes, getting to know your emotions, but also I think in terms of this conversation, so important is also to get to know hunger and only eat when you're hungry. Like, what does hunger feel like in your body? What kind of thoughts does hunger create versus the emotions? And figuring out what your triggers are. Like, everybody's emotions are a little bit different. For some people, it's boredom. For other people, it's stress eating. For other people, like, I know for me, when I started to really fall into my patterns of disordered eating, it was because I had just moved to Vancouver and I had no friends and I was really lonely. Um, did not know that at the time, had no idea. Just to be clear, I figured that out like years later. But figuring out what your triggers are, what the emotions are that make you most vulnerable to those patterns. And then also like really tuning into what hunger feels like for you so that you can eat when you're hungry and view food as a, a tool to fuel and nourish your body and not to um, cope with your emotions because that doesn't work anyways it it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. it's so counterintuitive it makes us feel worse when we're eating out of alignment so I think yeah getting to know yourself getting to know your emotions and getting to really understand what hunger feels like in your body and when you feel the best like what what are you eating Mm -hmm. 
starting to just like Mm -hmm. really respect and value your body and making sure that you're nourishing it in a way that's in alignment with like love and self-love, right? Like treating it like someone we love, it does so much for us. And we spend so much energy thinking about everything our body is doing wrong when it's always doing so much right and we're giving it no credit. I know it's like our all our cells and organs just know what to do. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really so magical. But like we choose to. And like I was thinking about. Um, sorry. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I was thinking earlier. Um, I forget what we were talking about, but you like the time you and I grew up in, like in the nineties, like. I didn't realize it until, like, I think I saw a TikTok recently, like, that was, like, the supermodel, like, mm-hmm. you know, heroin look era, and that was, like, it was, like, so gaunt looking, and that's what was on TV as well, and so we grew up in this era where it was, like, it was, like, super, super skinny, and, like, now it's, you know, thankfully now that there's been, like, so much broken down the past few years of seeing beauty and, like, other ways and like always mm-hmm. and so it's like feeling that relationship we have with our body because like you said like our body is so magical and it is so cool like okay your liver alone has 500 functions like how crazy is that what but it's like i know is that crazy oh my but, god miraculous I mean, our, literally yeah but we look at our bodies and we're like no Stomach needs to be smaller. Arms need to be slimmer. Like no cellulite. Like this is so unacceptable. And like when we ha- when you're telling yourself those things, like it really is you're taking on that negative energy. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it's like just funneling into that. Like, um, you know, that's and that, that's how we're gonna feel about ourselves. We're gonna carry that around. So it is. Yeah, like being food is like a way to nourish ourselves and give our body the energy and the nutrients that it needs. And then also like feeling that relationship with like our bodies of like, you know, no matter where you are in like, especially like right now, like, you know, everyone's coming out of winter. Like it's natural for our bodies to carry more weight during the winter as women. And I think as people generally, because like, well, unless you're somewhere that's really warm, maybe, maybe it's not like that, but um, it like cyclically our bodies like tune into the rhythms of nature. And so right now we're in a season where our body is craving like more nourishing, grounding foods that's like more complex carbs than like kind of hearty things like, you know, sweet potatoes and like root vegetables and it's natural for us to carry more weight and like you know also the holiday season like you know we go pretty all out i have to say in north america so um we you might be in a place right now where you're like i feel uncomfortable like i gained some weight and that's okay like love your body and what that it's okay to be where you're at and it's about like loving yourself at every phase of your journey especially when you feel like you're not worthy of it yeah totally i yeah girl i mean that's what this that's what the self-love program is all about right i mean it's all about unconditional love which um 
means love without conditions. <laughs> like despite mm-hmm. everything, loving yourself, having that rock ass solid relationship with yourself, no ifs, no buts, no whens, just loving yourself, period, knowing that you're worthy, period, like full stop. Not when this, not when you lose this amount of weight, not when, you know, you look a certain way, nothing. There's no conditions. It's unconditional love. And it's a practice. It's really uncomfortable at first because we are literally absorbing messaging all the time, every single day from so many different sources telling us that we're not good enough so that they can sell us shit. The diet industry, the beauty industry, and the fitness industry are all fucking coming for us and it's our job to protect ourselves from that messaging and it's not easy to do and it's literally an act of rebellion to start loving the fuck out of yourself because you take all of your power back nobody can tell you shit because you know that you're worthy and you know that you're perfect and you don't need filters and you don't need this and you don't need any fucking surgeries or nothing you don't need anything because you're perfect as you are all the time without condition yes Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Laura, from your perspective, using your um, nutrition expertise, is there any tips or tricks that you might give someone who is looking to shift their relationship to food in a healthier direction? Yeah. So um, I would say what we were just talking about, like, you know, I always, I tell clients, like, remember, like, we're on a journey, like, where we're at, like whatever the current circumstances are, because usually when people, when I say when people, like when a client comes to see me, it's like, you know, they're looking for some change. And so I remind them like, you know, loving yourself at every phase of your journey right now. So remembering that. And I, okay, so looking at, making sure that you're giving your body the basic fundamental nutrients that it needs. Mm-hmm. So I have a formula that I share with people. Listen up folks. Sure you're getting... <laughs> this is going to change yeah, your exactly. life. Literally you shared this with me and I carry it with me. I think about it probably every day. I've shared it with so many people. I always give you credit, but it is, just like so, like you said earlier, so digestible, so easy to remember, and it makes so much sense. So listen up, fuckers. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy it helped you so much, and that like you know you get to share this tool as well because it really it was such a game changer for me as well. So like basically, with my like at the root of when I work with clients, it's blood sugar balance thing, and so. This formula is to balance your blood sugar levels and set you up for success because our blood sugar levels really have an impact on our hunger levels and also the kinds of foods we're going to crave. So if our blood sugar levels are, you know, up and down and a bit out of whack, we're going to be craving those foods that, which like, you know, don't get me wrong, like I had cake last night, like it's okay to enjoy these things, but it's another thing when you feel absolutely compelled and it's like, I need this. Like, I need the Cheetos. I need the cake. Like, get out of my way. And it's like, but we know it's not in alignment with us. So, okay. So, this formula, like, right now I call it magical macros and micros. So, love that. At each meal. Thank you. So, okay. So, 
let's say, so for your meals, like let's say for lunch and dinner, and like pretend you have a plate in front of you. So half your plate is going to be your micronutrients. So that's going to be your veggies. And your veggies contain your fiber. So you want half your plate to be above ground veggies. So that's how I distinguish like the below ground veggies. Those are like complex carbs, which carbs are like, you know what? Sorry, we're going to get the carbs in the We're not going to drop that yet. So, okay. <laughs> your above ground veggies. So things like dark leafy greens or like, you know, the rainbow. Eat the rainbow here. Like red pepper, like bell peppers, um, celery, tomatoes. But like really like the dark leafy greens, like love them spinach, kale, all that stuff. So, like, just, yeah, have, like, you know, have fun with it. Like, whatever veggies you like, have them. Radishes, like, just experiment, have fun, play around. So you want that to be about half your plate. And then you're going to incorporate some protein. So protein size, the palm of your hand. There you go. Keep it easy. Palm of your hand. Um, protein is what it's like the building blocks of our body like we would literally be like <laughs> we wouldn't be structured if we didn't have protein we would just be like on the floor puddles puddles <laughs> <laughs> you would be a puddle without protein so it's like so important especially for our hormones and like women we are cyclical creatures our hormones go through four shifts a month Every week, our hormones shift, and so it's really important. That's why like, the blood sugar balance thing helps so much. So it's important for your proteins, your muscles, your bones, your immune system, not just for bodybuilders. We all need protein. So um, I, op- I recommend, like, aiming, you know, well, what am I trying to say? So, like, protein, um, salmon, chicken, I mean, I don't generally, like, if you're into beef and, like, beef, like, I would just, you know, I recommend, like, um, like, organic, those kinds of certifications, but, like, you know, not something that's, like, super processed and, like, it doesn't have those certifications, but, okay, let's just keep it focused. So, you're going to have some protein. What about vegan protein options? Oh, vegan protein. Thank you. So vegan protein, I recommend tofu or tempeh. And for tofu, a serving of protein is about a third of the package. And I think it's like most protein sold in like, I mean, most tofu is sold in 540-gram packages. So like a third of that is a serving. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. So that's like a good amount to to aim for. And like, um, so yeah, so palm-sized serving of protein. So if it's not vegan, like, you know, you can have a couple eggs, you can have some ground beef, turkey, chicken, um, tuna, sardines, what have you. Okay, so protein. Then you're going to have some a healthy source of fat. So this is typically like one to two tablespoons. So avocado, um, something like a good oil-based dressing and like a good oil. So like olive oil. Um, avocado oil to like prep your food in but like or like this is like you can have some nuts and seeds 
proteins, like a nut butter or something. So we want a healthy source of fat. And then so it's one to two tablespoons and then co- a serving of complex carbs. So I generally recommend, like depending on your fitness levels, like around three. And this is, I just want to say, this is what I find feels best for myself and my clients. Um, Cause like carbs can be, you know, people get sensitive about it. Like people, there's lots of like low carb diets. Our body needs carbs. Carbs are not bad. We need them for energy, but we just don't want to be overdoing it because that affects our blood sugar levels. So I generally recommend like three quarters to one cup a day um, to help support blood sugar balancing. So that's like um, complex carbs, but like brown rice, sweet potatoes, those root vegetables, those are all complex carbs. So incorporating some of those, so that's for lunch and dinner. And in the morning, I generally keep it like, you want like a high protein breakfast. So like 20 to 30 grams of protein in the morning. So like a smoothie, I've got my smoothie Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hit her up Send for me. the smoothie Bible. <laughs> smoothie. Send me smoothie, smoothie Bible. So you want 30 to gra- 20 to 30 grams of protein in the morning and like, you know, fiber. So like some, I would, I, I generally recommend like, you know, something like some berries is really great if you like to have something on the sweet side. Um, I'm just trying to think of some options I can name up. Like a smoothie with a protein powder. You can have a couple eggs with like, you know, maybe a nice veggie omelet with some avocado. Um, or you could have like a yogurt bowl with like some fruit and like a scoop of protein or collagen powder. But you just really want to get those 20 to 30 grams in. Yeah. And yeah. And then so generally in the morning, yeah, that's what we're focusing on is like protein fat and fiber and the way that you explained it to me that was so helpful to make me remember this all the time was like dividing that into your four quadrants right so tell them about that yeah so like on your plate just like it's like that little checklist so yeah so you want one section to be your greens or like let's say your veggies so your veggies that's one quadrant and then the next part is your protein so that's another quadrant and then your complex carbs. So this is for lunch and dinner. So you're going to have complex carbs. So that's three quarters to one cup per day. And then you're going to have your healthy fat, which is one to two tablespoons. Yeah, so four ingredients to a well-balanced meal, right? And that makes it so much easier to conceptualize and to make sure that you're putting together meals that are going to best nourish your body. Yes, yeah. So that's giving your body the nutrients it needs. So that's, yeah. So basically when we're giving our body the nutrients it needs, it's going to help give us stable energy levels. Having your macros and micros is going to support mental health adversity. So if you experience things like anxiety or depression, those can be really better supported by getting all your proper nutrients. And it's going to, you know, keep you full longer. And you're not going to be craving those foods that, you know, aren't best for you. So things that are really refined and processed like any most things in a package and are on the 
like you know can be on the shelf um especially like things like commercial baked goods um like that have like those really bad like not supportive oils for fast for us those things like anything that really high in sugar or like with a white flour white sugar those are like engineered to have us addicted Mm. So when we eat those things, like especially like think about Oreos, like Oreos or Doritos, like they've got that perfect sweet salty balance, and they make it that way. Like they study what's addictive to people, so those are the kinds of foods like we can't stop eating them when we take a bite, and they've made it that way. And so, like we won't be wanting those kinds of foods as often because we're giving our body the nutrients that they. God damn. Yeah, that's the tea. It is like I can feel that in myself so addicted as soon as I fall into a little phase of having like sweets or candy or, you know, like having dessert. um, I feel it in in, like an addictive way. Like I need it until I break the habit. So I think I mean, a caveat here, I think that we should address is both of us firmly believe in indulging what in moderation and eating the foods that we enjoy. But I think the most important thing, and I'll share with my clients is like, I want you to be able to indulge, but like only if you're able to enjoy it, if it's sending you down the shame spiral into guilt, then that's not truly indulging. Yes. Yes. Like that's, no, that's a really good point. And I think like, so with that, like, I think, it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Like if you're really connected with yourself and you're living a life where you feel fulfilled and connected with yourself and your purpose, the food isn't even a thing. You will not get tripped up on the food. It's just like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have my breakfast now. Oh, I want a slice. I want, you know, maybe like maybe you're out and you're like, Oh, that cake looks really good. Like, Oh, I'm going to have that cake tonight. It's not even a thing, but it's when we're in those places of not really feeling good about ourselves and we're disconnected and we don't feel like in alignment with who we are, then that's when we're going to be reaching for things that are like the quick fix. Like, okay, I want like, like, you know, that's where, yeah, like you get some Oreos and then like, you know, all of a sudden they're all gone. Like, it's okay to have like it's okay to have things like that but it's also like what is the intention behind it like are you using it to escape and feel better or it's like oh I just wanted this so I'm having some of it yeah oh my god that was so well said and it's just about the energy it's about the energy that it creates does it are you actually enjoying it and then moving on with your life or is it sending you somewhere dark and disturbing like and taking over and causing guilt and these these these, like low vibration energies that we don't want so yeah I think that's exactly it and I think exactly like you said is when you get to know yourself and you get into alignment with who you truly are and you're finding fulfillment in your life in meaningful productive ways food doesn't have power over you in the same way anymore it just Mm -hmm. easily comes into like this effortless balance and you're able to you know stop worrying about it your energy's not going there anymore because you're you're feeling productive and fulfilled in your life yes 100 yeah so it's like back to what we were saying in the beginning like it really isn't a food thing it's like how we're feeling about ourselves and 
how we're like you know the relationship that we have with ourselves yeah mic drop period <laughs> period oh oh my god that's a perfect segue because i wanted to say one more thing <laughs> <laughs> um with cycle tracking i would say that it's especially as women because our body like in the second half of our cycle our body requires anywhere from 90 to 200 additional calories per day. Um, So this is by second half of our cycle. This is like after we've ovulated and the two weeks leading up to our period. So that's why like our hormones are shifting. And especially when we get our period, um, our hormones are at an all time low. And so we will require more food that's not abnormal so and that like that blood sugar like the magical macros and micro formula that i shared that is key to blood sugar balancing and it will help with um you know our body handling those hormone shifts better but so if you find yourself like craving those foods like you know we'll like we'll typically like it's common for women to get like carb cravings Mm -hmm. like just you know, try to focus on, like, nutrient-dense options. So, like, you know, these are times, like, I don't typically, like, I don't know, in the morning, like, I'll have, like, toast more often, I find. Like, just, like, try to, like, listen to your body and what it wants. So, like, if you're wanting, like, those really sugary foods, like, just try to go for, like, the more nutrient-dense options. So, like, if you want chocolate, try to have some dark chocolate with, like, some nut butter. So, like, um, it's more filling or like you want a cookie get like I know there's like almond flour cookies that are available now like or like get like you know make your own like oatmeal cookies at home so like you know the ingredients that are in them like just try to go for like options that are a bit more like whole ingredient friendly because then like I was saying earlier like other foods are created to make us addicted to them so it's like it's better to like if, if you have the if time permits like I would recommend like just having fun like making your own stuff at home and eating that yeah and Laura is the goat of like healthy food swaps and finding ways to still eat the things that she enjoys but making you know health healthifying that's what you call it right healthified um snacking and meals so if you're looking to learn more about that definitely hit her up but I think that's a really key thing I I always I mean I know a little bit about cycles and stuff but I didn't know that your caloric like intake it should increase to support that so that's huge yeah yeah so I would say like to I should probably give a tip so like to help with that like maybe you're gonna have a little more fast in your meal during that time or you're going to have a little more protein or you know it's really like this is a journey of like you're tuning into like what your body needs and like creating that connection like you were mentioning riley like what does full feel like yeah so it is like just experiment and play around that's why i say to clients like you know it's like we it is like your own journey so you're learning what you and your body needs so like just tweak around but like oh i'll have like you know, I'll add more veggies, I'll add like a little more fat, I'll maybe have some more protein or like, I need a little more of my carbs. So it's just like playing around and see what seeing like what feels good to you in your body. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
Thank you for sharing all of that. So much good information. Where can people find you since they're all going to want to work with you now? Where is it? Is it on Instagram? Where's the best place to reach you? Yeah, the best place to reach me is on Instagram. So you can find me at bbvitamin.health and hit me up to get that copy of the Smoothie Bible. And then I've also got in my... Uh, in the link in my bio, I do discovery calls. You can book a session with me. And I've also got um, a smoothie Bible products list. It's an Amazon list. And so you can see all the stuff that I recommended in the smoothie Bible. And, yeah, that's, that's about it. Love, love it. Should we tell them our secret? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it took me a second. You're like, what? Remember. Which one? We have so many. I'm like, um, <laughs> let me open up the balls. Yeah. No, none of those secrets. Um, but Laura and I are partnering up for my very first collaborative um, online group program. We are going to be running a two-week um, emotional eating workshop together for you guys starting March 14th. Um, so definitely if you're interested in learning more about this topic and diving a little bit deeper into how to maybe shift some of these behaviors or better support yourself nutritionally or, um, make some changes in terms of your mindset around nutrition, we would love to help you with that. Um, we will be posting about how to sign up for that very soon this, this week. Anything that you want to add about that, Laura? I am just so excited. Like like what you said before, like this is really our zone of genius and we're both really passionate about this and it's, it's a journey and we just want to help you feel your best and help empower you because I'm like, I think really a big point from this conversation is that you can turn your pain into your purpose. And this doesn't need to be something that owns you and you feel that shame and guilt about. Like, this is a part of your journey and this is to bring you closer to the woman that you're truly meant to be. And we are just so excited to work with you guys. Yeah, or the man you're meant to be. Or yeah. whatever oh, yeah. you, whatever you're meant to be. <laughs> but I think that's a really important yeah. point is that these used to be our most shameful parts of ourselves. We used to hide it. We used to beat ourselves up. We felt so stuck. It was really, really hard. And now we're able to take that experience and, you know, share the, share the tools and the perspectives that have helped us turn it around. And I mean, that's so possible no matter what your struggle is. So I love that point. Yes. Oh, I'm just so excited. And thank you so much for having me on here. I'm, I'm so happy we did this. My pleasure. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. And I look forward to continuing this energy and continuing this collaboration in our 14 day program together. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait. Woo-hoo. Let's fucking go. So get signed up. Let us know if you want to be a part of that. 14 days, same format as my other group programs. And if you're not familiar, it's going to be a 24-7 community support group chat. Um, two weekly, or sorry, one weekly Zoom group discussion call. So two total because this is a 14-day program. And then you're going to be getting daily email content from both Laura and myself to help you make over your relationship with food and exactly what you said Laura empower yourself we want to give you the tools to feel your best Mm -hmm. feel empowered and 
yeah, that's it.